0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to In This Moment Podcast, and I'm your host, Diallo Smith. Well, I know it's been a while. Last time, I, you know, I was on here, was during Black History Month, and I took a break just casting vision just for what I want the podcast to be and look like, and God just kind of put on my heart, even though I was recording back in February, of just making this more of a faith and counseling podcast. Basically, what that means is I feel like faith and mental health has been one of those catchphrases that has just been, you know, going around a lot. But faith and counseling is very specific. You know, counseling is doing the work. It is specifically talking about your emotions. It's talking about behavior and it's giving insight to those things that that may need to be corrected or healed um, or, or just talked about. And so that's what I, that's what I want my focus to be on. And basically, you know, I have been doing biblical counseling, pastoral counseling, and now studying to become a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I wanted to bring that to the podcast. Those are the things that have just been making me passionate about, things I love to talk about, things I love to read about. And, you know, I I think every, every podcast every year evolves and we will still be talking about social issues and how it integrates with faith, but we're gonna be looking at it more on an emotional level and a psychological level. And so we'll be bringing in different experts. I'll be bringing in my friends. I will be talking of just my experience and you will know who are the experts. You will know who are just experiences and you will know from me just as a student. And we don't wanna get that confused with thinking that this is therapy. It should not be a replacement for therapy, but it is just another resource and tool just to hear these different conversations. So I'm excited to highlight this episode, which is all about men's mental health month. And here at in this moment, we love to celebrate different celebration months. And so as a man, as a black man, I wanted to bring on another black Christian therapist who could just be able to talk about this more. And so this is Gary, and he is a licensed uh, social work therapist. He has his own private practice. He has his own nonprofit. He has a book, and you will hear all about that in this episode. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it, of just talking about why men need to invest in mental health, Um, learning just the different red flags to know if you need to go to therapy, And we also talk about how to heal from toxic relationships, whether that's romantic or friendships. And this is our first time talking and we just hit it off. And so I'm just excited for you guys to listen to it. And I'm excited for you guys just to be blessed by this podcast and just the upcoming episodes are going to come up. So thank you for those who have been around since the beginning. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. What's up, Gary? How are you?
1: I'm all right for uh, Friday, uh, going into Father's Day. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I am so excited to have you on and to be recording this episode with you all about why men need to invest in their mental health. But before we can get started, can you just introduce yourself, tell us what you do, where are you from, and how you kind of got into the mental health field?
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, man. Um, my name is Gary Trey Taylor, uh, licensed clinical social worker here um, in the state of Virginia. I currently reside in Caroline County, Virginia, um, and that's where I was born and bred at. continue to live and raise my family here. Um, I'm, a, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a deacon, um, therapist, business entrepreneur, author, uh, podcaster, you know, wow. all things of uh, things these things. I wear a lot of hats. So, um, you know um that's been my journey that's been i've been in the field of mental health about 11 years now um and then seven years a social worker and um just you know i don't even know really how i got started but i really it was a well i can tell you this it was before i was at vcu i was working in business uh major in business minor in psych getting better class uh better grades in (laughs) psychology than business and said you know what i'm gonna go flip this thing a little bit (laughs) um and then ended up getting into the psychology field at BCU And then um, that went into social work. And But, you know, it confirmed some things for me because even when I was a teenager and growing up, I always kind of asked the question of why people behave the way they do. Mm. So that's why I was like, okay, well, this is kind of like a destiny fulfilled type thing. So, um, you know, I think that has led me to, to put me in the place where I'm at in the mental health field now, but also in the social work realm and becoming a therapist, uh, which... Didn't know that was in the cards initially, wow. um, but you know, that has been um, a blessing to do that at this current moment. So um, I can go on and on, but that's kind of in a nutshell, how we got to this space.
0: That's awesome. And you also um, have your own private practice, correct? Yes, I did <laughs> not mention that. Um, <laughs> <so,
1: laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I have my own private practice. I work with, um, uh, it's a virtual private practice started in 2020. Um, in the height of the pandemic, and I really wanted to provide space for black men. Mm. And so majority of the population that I serve in therapy, man, I do see black men as well, and other races, um, but the primary focus uh, who I work with is black men. And that came from me doing um, some, you know, seeing stuff, discrepancies, issues, coming right. through the field of mental health. And then um, what was the kind of the catalyst was um, I started this program called the Goodfellas Project. And Mm -hmm. that was something specifically for black men to give them a space to vent and heal, kind of a support group style. But I realized that, you know, that was kind of like the kind of foundations to start the individual therapy, um, which led to the private practice. And so that is um, I've been doing that for almost. Well, let's see, two years part time. And then one year, I just hit my one year full time anniversary um, uh, coming up. Matter of fact, actually today. Yeah, today. Oh <laughs> wow, okay, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, that's today. Right? Yep. Yep.
0: <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Well, before we jump into questions, I start off with an icebreaker. And so the first icebreaker is what is your favorite soul food dish or side?
1: Favorite soul food dish or side. Man. Hmm. I I'ma always go with fried fish and um potatoes and uh okay
0: rips. and okay. cornbread okay. yeah that's and cornbread go okay with. okay i think i think i could get with the cornbread the fried fish like what type of fish like catfish catfish
1: whiting one fish blue fish, red okay. fish, blue okay. fish.
0: <laughs> look all of it oh,
1: <laughs> whatever you put in the fry, put it <laughs> <fat. laughs>
0: okay okay well moving on to the question since it is um men's mental health month uh, I want to just talk about some of the things that uh, have been some misconceptions about men um, investing in their personal mental health. And what are some reasons that like why men should be investing in their mental health?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think there is this this myth that if, you know, we invest in our mental health that, you know, go we'll talk to somebody that, you know, we're soft or something is wrong with us. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes beyond just, oh, I'm not crazy or I'm not just oh, and that's for crazy people, or this, that, and the third. It's like, okay, well, if I do this, then that means something is deficient or wrong about me. Mm. Um, and that's not the case because you know, focusing on your mental health is how I define it, is how you deal with day-to-day life stressors. Yeah. And, you know, we all deal with stressors um every single day we come in contact with whether it's, you know, going to work, bills, school high gas prices, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> um, all different types of things like that. So that is kind of, um, kind of where I kind of educate and provide awareness on. is like, listen, man, this is a day-to-day thing. So if you need to kind of help get a space to work on that, then this is, you know, this is how you do that to affect your mental health. Yeah. Um, I think some people I know, in, you know, in the black community, sometimes we think that, mm-hmm. you know, depression is a sign of weakness, yep. um, yeah we think that, oh, well, this, what this person gonna tell me that, they, you know, I don't know this person, I don't have no you know, relationship with this
0: person. Right. So,
1: um, it, it just, I think we need to, but it, and even if you start looking at it from a physical health side, like there's still stigma behind that, right? Like going, mm. where it's like, it's like this person, I don't trust the medical field, you know, and it right. might do harm to me. And so valid concerns, I, I understand it. And I definitely, um, and I challenge that too I don't challenge their their opinions on it but I challenge the, the notion of the fields that we op- systems that we operate in because they have done harm to us you yeah. know and so I want to you know kind of make it comfortable for people so um also I think sometimes people think of like you know investing in mental health they can get it from like anywhere and and not be concentrated or like a, a set, set person where you can get it from so for example <laughs> like okay well, why do I need to go talk to somebody about my mental health when I can talk to my friend or just talk to my spouse? Very just true. Talk to, wow. you know, some somebody like that. And it's like, well, you know, do you want to continue to dump, you know, on these people? And mm. are they even prepared to even take on that? Right. Like, yeah. that's not fair to them if that's your friend, and your loved one. Um, and so why not go talk to somebody um, that you know maybe in a, a space that can is biased uh, that's confidential that can uh, help you address that um issue that you got going on with um mm. and um yeah i think too some people think it's, it's, still think it's really expensive or it's, it's unable to get to you can't yeah. do with your insurance which some of that is valid and so we, we help educate people on that around like your insurance benefits right um, some some uh, counselors are offer slide and scale you know what I'm saying some people are also getting into community side of it where it's like okay we're gonna set up a side fund for people to get sessions yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah that's some some of the things that's popped up
0: i mean you mentioned really good points um i I think the biggest one was when you mentioned how you know sometimes people will revert to being you know saying okay i can just go to my friend or my spouse that's like the most reoccurring thing that i've heard um is like Mm -hmm. oh i can just go to them and especially with black people i think we have a distrust in systems period like no matter what it is there's just this distrust of like what if i say something and it doesn't get reported or those different things and um i like i love that you kind of just kind of decolonize like some of that psychology you know with it, the ways that we have thought um that have been incorrect and that made us especially black men suffer
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely
0: what have been some consistent red flags that you see with men regarding a mental health? Like, has it been men like who shut down, they're short tempered, they, um, just the spiral.
1: Um, you know, I, I, one of the big things that that really um pops out to me is the self-medication piece um, hmm. that I've seen that trending more, especially for us in black men, mainly not so much in my client base, um but I, I just seen it you know society wise and you know just around and then like the self-medication piece wherever that's like alcohol you know substance uh like pills or you know this, that, and the third um and, and just getting to that space and trying to numb the pain of what's going on but not really actively working through it to talk to somebody about it and um you know i think anger is prevalent but yeah. i'm okay with i'm okay with anger because yeah, angry black man and continue to be an angry black man at times. <laughs> so I, I, I do, I, yeah. I love to accept that, you know what I'm saying, and work through yeah. that. Um, I think that, I think people, um, when they, uh, when brothers are isolating or shutting down, um, I see that a lot, just isolating a lot, shutting down. And then also what I see a lot too on social media um, is just the, the posting of cryptic style needs for help but if you ask what's going on, then nah, I'm 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 okay. I'm good. I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even as a trained clinician, I can see there's more to it because the way you're posting, yeah, the way you the words you say, the posting that you're doing, the songs that you're playing,
0: yeah, I can tell there's
1: something deeper right. there. But you know, uh, and, and and realistically, maybe from the, the common man person, the common person, they might see it too. But yeah that person still doesn't want to engage in getting the help. So those red flags, I, I, I've been, that's been, that when I think about those red flags, when you ask that question, those are the first couple of things that pop mm. up, you know, the first yeah. couple of things that pop up. What
0: What do you do when, because I've been in a situation too, um, where you see that your friend or someone in your community <laughs> is posting these things and their, you know, their behavior is starting to, become different and you mentioned counseling or therapy and there's this huge rejection of like like you said like nah I'm good like I don't need to do it how do you kind of you know push them towards seeing somebody and sitting down and unpacking their their emotions
1: well you know that's just depending on where that person is at in their stages of change um and if they are ready to change and make that that that, that leap to get some help um I think that is the biggest barrier um, I think you know. Sometimes we, as you know, if our friends or family or loved ones, we care more for what they're dealing with than what they do, yes. and then we are le- left with kind of just um, kind of frustration or kind of just I don't know what to do because I, I want them to get help, but they're not willing to receive, willing to receive yeah. help. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that you can do about that is just you know, check in with them and, and be supportive. Um, give them open space to work through whatever they're trying to work through
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and not just talk talk at them about you need to be doing this or you need to do that. You need to check this mm-hmm. out and this, that, and this. So you don't want to egg on and, and nag and, and pile on. You want to be open, warm, and accepting of, okay, hey, I know something might be going on. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to get help, but I'm here to kind of help foster that relationship Here's some resources laid out in front and, and going about your business. Um, I I have been, you know, which is probably going to um, mess around and, and probably lead to me getting this doctorate. I'm trying to avoid this doctorate so bad. No, me but too. <laughs> I, I'm, try, I'm really trying to, man. Um, I, I Judging by the, my experience working with black men in the last couple of years and then seeing some stuff that I've seen, you know, and with my Goodfellas project and individual therapy, I think that um, it, the best way to start with somebody that might be resistant is to get them around a group of guys who are open and willing and talking about it. Well, wow. maybe not, maybe not in a really specific standpoint, right? But like any type of certain type of group. Yes. Um, that is uh, open and honest about things that they're struggling with or going through, and I think because that right there opens up a lot of a lot of brothers to Mm. Seeing that they're not alone. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times we as men feel like, you know, black men, we feel like we're always alone dealing with our struggles. Yeah. Yes. um, Because it's seen as a weakness or seen as we're soft or we should suck it up and just work through it. For sure. Um, But if we see somebody that relates to us, I think that, or can kind of speak to what we're going through, then we have a better time of opening up and being willing to receive that help. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm flirting with that, that thought pattern.
0: No, I mean that's really good. I, I love that you mentioned how just community anywhere, just a space for men and black men, just to be able to talk about their feelings. Because I think that that's that's really hard to, to come by, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't feel as safe to to do that either. Uh, right. How how would you relate this when we're talking about community to faith and church? Um, and is there a target for black men of faith in the way that they of, like, view their emotions? And we've talked about how, you know, we've kind of, you know, said, OK, we can do it by ourselves. We got it very independent. Um, but even when it comes to scripture and spiritual blindness, how, how do you see how this affects our mental health?
1: Well, I, I, I like to say that, you know, the mind, body, and spirit all work hand in hand. And that I like to also say that, you know, God, and well, Jesus didn't, Jesus deals with the mental, the mind as well. Um, why, why you think that he wouldn't, if he deals with every other part of the body, then why would you think he not deal with the mind? Right. Because we have to be able to um, have a renewed mind in order to put on this new person. And when we, um, uh, become saved and and start that spiritual walk, right? That's what the scripture says. You know, be be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It doesn't say body or heart or anything like that. At that point in that scripture, it says renewal of your mind. Mm -hmm. So, I think, you know, I think church is the biggest space you know, that could be the catalyst in helping brothers find their mental health, but we have to work through those stigmas of just, oh, we just have to pray it away, or God is going to this, that, and the third, you know, and, uh, like, it has to go beyond that, right? It's okay to have have know Jesus, see Jesus, walk with Jesus, but also have a therapist. And, I think, you know, when you talk about those men's groups, um, you're talking about from leadership, whether it's the deacon board, uh, trustee board, or even the pastor, mm. if the leadership can make it comfortable to talk about mental health within the church, then that allows, I think, the congregation and everybody there to be open to the idea of expanding the content in um, faith in the church with scriptures to back it while also bringing in the mental aspect. And so, um, you know, luckily, um, I've been blessed with my pastor to hmm. to, to blend those things sometimes because he's had his own mental health struggles and he's an advocate of mental health. Wow. And so we are able to foster that type of conversation in, in our in our actual church and in our community. Um, but I know everybody isn't, you know, you know, blessed to have that or people right. are still resistant. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so. With that, you still gotta meet that person where they are, wherever they're the older, um, older season saints. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Me, me, you know, meeting them where they're at, and I say meeting them where they're at, right? And that kind of goes back to your other question about like, how do you work with somebody that is resistant or doesn't want to yes. change? You have to meet that person where they're at. You have to speak in what their languages work with. Like, so when I talk to you know, my season saints, like, it's like, okay, well, what about that? You know, that nervous breakdown thing that y'all was talking about? Right, day? right. <laughs> yeah, this is that, right? You know what I'm saying? Or I, I work, I walk through the historical aspects of stuff that they were dealing with. And I said, you know that, all that right there? Yeah, yeah. that's mental health. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then we, we put it the you know, we break it down in terms that make sense for them.
0: You know yes. what I'm saying?
1: No. I think, sure. <laughs> you know, so that's what you, you know, you kind of got to blend that and do that
0: i mean i I think that's a really good point the nervous breakdown one gets me because i feel like i always heard that growing up like they had a nervous breakdown a nervous breakdown it's okay like just give them a moment and Mm -hmm. i'm like now thinking i'm like i mean something something was wrong with them like why did you know why did it become so picked up um i mean built up to they're completely collapsing i've been in faith circles where people have said that going to a therapist is saying that the Bible isn't sufficient enough. Um, Mm. That we're saying that like if we go get help basically then we're saying that God can't heal us. What would be your response to people who kind of have that
1: mindset and framework? We we don't... Oh, okay. Um, I wear glasses. (laughs) I wear glasses, right? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not doing it today. <laughs> I wear glasses, right? Right? Right, you know, I, I, right. I think that's you know, I I, I can't see. I, I y'all I can't see worth a lick, brother. Uh, I don't know if you tell in my in my pictures. You know how thick my glasses were. I can't see. Um, <laughs> but you know, I have I prayed and asked God to heal my glasses, heal my eyes, or is that something that has that has happened with me? You know, since the age of five and he has mm. put uh, optometrists yes. in my my viewpoint to allow me to always see well wow. and always look out for my best interest of my eyes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: what about doctors? What about all these other people that are in place? Yes. That help us enhance our lives. Um, to help us on these, these different paths that we, we you know, deficiencies you might have or things we need to work on. Like, we don't say the same thing about doctors. Well, we don't, sometimes we don't go to the doctor. We say clear heal a little weight, but sometimes we need to take, go to the doctor. Yeah, you need to get surgery. Yeah. yeah, you need to get surgery. You need to take care of yourself so yes. you can avoid the doctor, not avoid the doctor, but not take care of yourself. So, yeah. from a mental health perspective, we don't think that God equips therapists and mental health professionals well. and counselors. You yep. we don't, know, we don't, we don't just discredit that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I know that's very true. And it's always, It's always been an interesting relationship with seeing how people in the faith and church community have responded to mental health because it is very applicable to how we go to the hospital. If we need to go get a surgery or do whatever, like it's quick for us to say, okay, we need to get medicine, but it's very hard for us to just, sit down with somebody and i feel like therapy individual counseling is very biblical too like you're confessing sin like you're working through things you're processing through things like it it increases your prayer life because you Mm -hmm. you're understanding the way that god's made your mind how he's made you um Mm -hmm. so it's very it's very interesting to see how this relationship has gotten here
1: And, and and i would even go forth to say the fact that we question that if you go to a therapist. That we are pretty much, you know, saying that God isn't able to heal our wounds, yeah. then we are admitting that there is mental health issues there.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That's what we are admitting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're admitting. And
1: so, so what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? I, I, we can, like, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, you say you have to, you have faith, you put a, you, he gives you a vision, you walk that path. And that's the faith that you walk within, you know, that he's going to provide and, and make sure that you have these things that you need, but also put you on the right path to get you to your goals. Yep. That's one the, of the faith that we have in him to do so. Right. Mm-hmm. But he can he can wipe all he can wipe anything away from us. But then are we putting ourselves in the position to allow him to bless us the way he wants to bless us?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: In, in every aspect of our lives.
0: Man. No, that, that's really good. That's really good. Um, we, we've talked a lot about black men and their mental health and men, just period. Um, another thing that I've noticed in the faith community is relationships, toxic relationships, um, Mm -hmm. that I think that, you know, hopefully as years go on, men, we can be discipled into understanding what, how to get in romantic relationships or even friendships, But there have been so many of my black friends, they get into these relationships, they're really toxic, and then they don't process anything. And I was one of those people too, and I didn't process. So what do you say um, to men to start that healing process from toxic relationships, whether it's romantic or friendships? And, you know, what is a good recovery time or or, or process for that?
1: You know, that's, that's kind of, Twofold. I mean, I think that, you know, I always talk, I'm not talking with brothers about, you know, their relationship situation, because a lot of them do come into therapy looking to work on a relationship stuff. Of course. Um, and I say, you know, well, I, I hear you. And she did that. Yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. Uh-huh. Um, but you. Right. Accountability. Come on. How have you um, responded to mm. what she has said? or what she has done um have you been the best at you know supporting her that or being aware of what she might be dealing with individually or being more aware of what you got going on and how you're taking that and projecting onto them you know your spouse significant other or your you know these branches and relationships so you know we have to do a deep dive and take accountability for our own actions and behaviors In these relationships, Um, and so these are that's like the kind of the start. I'm always going to start with like because we like a lot of people tell, okay, well, we got to do this, we got to do some counseling, we got to talk about this, and it's like we can't start and get anywhere until we figure out the self awareness piece. You got to be self aware. Okay, this might have been a toxic relationship. Why did I continue to allow this, or Mm. what what um, what was what drew me in? right? Yeah. What drew me in to allow me to continue to let this happen and is that something that's internal that I need to deal with or that's something from my past that has popped mm-hmm. up
0: between me and my
1: parents, other relationships Um, am I putting myself in these situations um, because I'm trying to fill a void that is not mm. being met if I'm trying to get a need that's not being met that might have been a need that I've been looking for, for since childhood or adolescence or something that I'm, you know wrestling with that involves shame, right? Um and that's the deep dive. That's where we start and you, and it's that's heavy, right? Like, oh, that's a lot yeah. of stuff. To trade like I ain't. But you know, <laughs> we can't we can't the one thing I told I told a client the other day um was, you know, we was talking about the present issues that were happening because they was building up over time. But the, the the issue, the main issue started years, several years ago. So we trying to work with the present-day issues to heal something that, that, that happened seven years ago. And obviously, that's, honestly, that's not going to work. We got to strip this thing down, get to the root cause of why.
0: You of know what I'm why, saying? yeah.
1: Of why, you know, what happened. Was there miscommunication? Were there unmet needs? Were there expectations with this person or this other person had expectations of me? And I couldn't meet them, but I tried to put on this facade like I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where, you know, taking the time to start with the self-awareness and accountability to say, okay, what did I, you know, how did I contribute to this, you know, mm-hmm. at first mm-hmm. and then kind of work backwards and and then look at, okay, what, what, what else is going on there that I needed to deal with or I didn't deal with, or it was just toxic and that person just really wasn't in a good place. But then even if they wasn't in a good place and they was projecting all of their own stuff, um, how did I respond to that, or was I even aware or understanding enough to even accept that and help them process that? It's it can go really, really, really deep because at the end of the day, um, we all dealing with something. Yeah, we all have something stuff that that comes out and we project onto our loved ones or our spouses or our relationships. And even if you talk about the church hurt situation, mm-hmm. the church hurt isn't a hurt with the church. So hurt with the people
0: it is. and then
1: we project that onto the church and we project that onto God but God didn't hurt you
0: he didn't do a single thing
1: yeah that was the person so yeah. what about that person that hurt you
0: Yeah, that
1: you wanted to you know that you needed this from them but you didn't get and you were hurt by that but you couldn't communicate that or that person wasn't able to meet that need And it's just I'm really big on expectations and needs
0: because
1: mm. I, I think that's the, the biggest barrier in relationships Expect, unmet needs, unmet expectations and then we don't communicate it and then it just goes off. Wow. Wow.
0: yeah, I mean I, I think that's that's really good, especially with the men becoming self-aware and the accountability part, I, I feel like that's really big because a lot of times it's always she did this, she did this, she did this and there is little time to to understand like why did I allow this to happen. I've noticed that with women, you know, their recovery process, they might take months and months and months. But with men, it f- looks like, you know, after a week, they bounce back. How, you know, what is something that you could advise to say, this is this is the amount of time that would be good for you to make, for you before you jump into another relationship?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to answer that question. I'm sorry. No, um, you're good. So, Everybody's process is different. Um, right. And so, you know, we, we talk about grief and loss, not just from an aspect of grieving and loss of, of, of somebody that dies, but grieving and loss of a, a, a relationship. You know what I'm saying? A sense of self, peace of myself. That is a, a big process in these relationships, right? And so hmm. um, the period of time... I, see, as men, we don't we don't give us enough periods. We don't give ourselves enough time because we jump. We might jump into that next relationship to fill that void, to fill that need, mm-hmm. and then. But the thing about it is that we never process the last relationship, and we take yep. some of over to the next relationship, and it just continues yep. to cycle cycle on. So I would say, you know, depending on what it, you know, what it needs, right? Like I mean, what your needs are, but I I, I would say it can be anywhere from, you know, six months to a year. Just if you want wow. to know. Wow. It, it, yeah. Yeah. You know, six months to a year. It, if you want to put a number on it, right. Yep. Yep. Um, it could be longer than that. It could be one, yeah. two years. Man. Um, It could be, you know, three years. I mean, and, and then uh. you, you have to be accepting of that mm. because especially if it's a toxic situation, like, you have to you know process and grieve from that right and yeah you jumping into another relationship is not going to heal that
0: mm-hmm. wow. you know
1: it's it just not now i mean you know god brings somebody in, in that time frame you know cool but is it god bringing somebody or is it you speeding up mm-hmm. the process and, and and saying i don't want that to happen and yeah god probably sent this person no nah, i mean you gotta
0: be realistic with this thing, man. That I, that's really good, and I, I love that you said you have to be, you have to be accepting of that process. Like I think a lot of times we don't want to accept it. We're like, oh, we should be over it. Um, and and it's okay because it's. I would rather accept it now and do the work now than get into another relationship and you haven't done the work and now
1: you're accepting it there. But you brought somebody else in the in the mix as exactly, well. Exactly, exactly, and that's why I say like it takes. It, the time frame is, is, well, I think we like to put time frames on stuff a lot and that creates a barrier. Like I could say six months to a year, but it could, like I said, take one to two, three years. So I would say, like I said, take acceptance of the time to work through all of that and, and, and let that time frame be whatever you want it to be. Not when some your, your, your some, your friends or your support group tell you when it should be not when, you know, a book or a motivational speaker tells you when it needs to be like you if you're doing the work internally you know what i'm saying you take that time for yourself and you figure out what's the best time for you um yeah. that's going to make you you know be able to you know work through that stuff first you know what i'm saying so
0: yeah. it can be
1: any time frame but it can't be just a meet you just can't take old baggage into a new relationship and then think it's just going to work
0: for sure yeah Mm-hmm. well
1: that is that's everything i thank you so
0: much for answering these questions and giving um just real practical answers i, I think a lot of people are going to be able to benefit from this um but before you go uh can you just drop your book that you have coming out and how people can find you on social media
1: yeah absolutely um i'm on twitter twitter instagram and um i'm on tiktok but i don't wanna be on that like that um <laughs> It's all retro underscore GT. Um, and um, I have uh, another page. Uh, refresh Virginia. It's refresh underscore Virginia on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Gary Trey Taylor, Vice Clinical Social Worker. My uh, my website is www.uphold318.com. And then uh, my new book is called uh, Refresh, A Journey to Find Peace, which, um, you know, is a, I, I don't know. I'll let readers think, but I think it's going to be a grief and loss book. But okay. it just talks about, you know, the challenges that I have faced um, growing mm-hmm. growing up, um, dealing with the first thing that I dealt with, uh, a big thing that I love was basketball, that I actually um, stopped having to love and play the way I wanted to. Um, and that was my first domino into, like, losing something that I really love. And then talk about divorce, mm-hmm. my wow. people's divorce in college and you know, all these different things. So that comes out in October of this year. Um, Pre-orders should be soon. If you want to kind of learn more about, you know, mental health in the Black community, I I wrote a book before that called You Good, Fam. That should be on barnesandnoble.com. And um, yeah, that's
0: about it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. um, And thank you, everyone, who listened to this episode.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. Okay, well, I don't want to take up any more of your time, but thank you. Uh, It was really good.
1: Absolutely, y'all. Thank you, man. appreciate you. God bless.
0: Yep, see you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you guys were encouraged by it, just how I was after this conversation. Again, please follow him on his social medias that he provided. And thank you so much for being in the moment with me during this time. And I'm excited for the future. Have a good one, y'all.